0: What's up,
1: homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica
2: and i'm roshane
1: and as always thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie but most importantly most excitedly most expeditiously to announce the sag after strike has officially come to an end
0: let's
2: freaking Woo! go Insert,
1: applause. <laughs> Insert <scream yelling>. <laughs>
2: dude it's so exciting i'm so happy now mm. granted Granted, for the record, it is a three-year deal, so there is a chance that there's going to be some renegotiating here um, in a few years. But for now, the studios have struck a deal, which means that we can go back, one, to making films and hiring actors and paying them appropriately. Mm -hmm. Um, But also
1: protecting them and protecting
2: them. But also for us, it allows us to uh, reopen up our catalog of films that we can cover, which is also very exciting. Yes. So celebrations all around. It's a
1: celebration, bitches. It's yeah, I'm first of all, congratulations to SAG-AFTRA. Once again, like I said, with the writer's strike, um, I really, really hope that you guys got the deal that you were wanting you're never going to get exactly what you want but i hope that you got the majority of the things you want i have not read the um all of, like everything that is entailed within the deal because right. like i'm not part of zag they like are making sure that members of zag get that and like who am i it is not my business <laughs> as long as they're happy i'm happy um but yeah it's very exciting and for us opens us back up to the possibility to cover anything. So anybody who has suggested a movie that we have not touched, obviously, because we were trying to follow the guidelines, just know your time is now. We're going to go back, (laughs) pouring over all of the suggestions because now we can. Um, And also, too, if there's movies that we've mentioned that we want to talk about and you guys have maybe been waiting for us to do that, the time is also now. It's very exciting, but also it kind of feels... I'm in this mood now where I'm like, I want to do everything. We have to do it now. It's almost like overwhelming just because there's so many things that I've wanted to cover in this time that I'm like, where do I start? What do I choose?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy because it's been like, what, like 116 days or something like that. Yeah, 118, I think. 18, yeah. So it's like, for us, it's been a decent amount of episodes, but it feels like We've been just like shackled and chained for years at this point. Like, I had a similar <laughs> feeling where the moment it got announced, like one, I was very happy all yeah. around, of course. But then my brain started flooding with, okay, what movies can we cover now? What have we not been able to talk about that we can talk about now? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot. it there are a lot there, there uh, are, even from just this year alone, there are so many. So like right,
1: plus the backlog. Of years past, where we've been like, I would love to cover that movie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that Mary Mary song? That's like, get the shackles off my feet, so I can dance. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's what I feel like <laughs> this is what it feels like. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, that's just it. it again, awesome all around. Um, shout out to SAG and both the Writers Guild mm-hmm. for. Um, fighting the good fight and honestly sticking with their guns and not stopping until they got a fair deal. Um, I think that's very important. It sends a very big message to the studios, um, about like what the actors and the writers and the people who really make all this stuff happen, Mm -hmm. what this all means to them. So, you know, shout out kudos and Yo, let's get to work. Like, let's I'm excited. Let's do
1: it. Also, shout out to all of our friends. Uh, Rochelle and I both have had a lot of friends who have been out there on mm-hmm. the picket lines. Um, some of them consistently, almost every day, have been out there. Um, and that is not easy. And it's a lot. And also, shout out to you guys for holding strong. And I hope you celebrated hard. As soon as you heard the news, I hope that you went out and had a little drink, drink, had Mm -hmm. a little snack. But yeah, congratulations to you guys as well. Um, That being said, we have um, a uh, fun movie to cover today because we are going back to a foreign film. And also, this is a movie, another movie that we wanted to cover for a while, um, Mm -hmm. that we've talked about for a while. It works out with the timing because we were pretty damn sure it was it was sag approved um but this was this is like our last choice that we had made prior to finding out that the the strike was over um so yeah we'll make some big plans for for our next episode but in the meantime i am so very excited to talk about this movie um Mm -hmm. because this is one that i think we've both discussed before we both kind of know the way that we feel about it but we've never gone into detail and really broke the movie down i ain't even gonna hold you um upon this rewatch because i honestly i can't remember the last time that i watched this movie it's uh-huh. been it's been a minute i remembered a yeah. lot but there was a lot i didn't remember also this movie so we're talking about the original Let the Right One In, which is the Swedish film. Mm-hmm. However, there was also American remake, Let Me In, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, um, which I did also see. So honestly, that's probably the more recent one that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say upon this rewatch, there are things I think, especially now that I'm older, <laughs> there are things that I noticed in this movie that I never really picked up on before. Okay. And also, too, I didn't know this was based on a book. Call me a clown. But I really <laughs> nah, didn't know this neither. was based on a book until I was looking into it. I have not read the book, but I did look to see the like, contrast and comparison to see yeah. what was included and what they decided to leave out and see how much that affected the story. Um, So I probably will be mentioning that in the episode today um, as well, because it's actually quite interesting, like what they decided Mm -hmm. to leave out or what they only allude to. It definitely like changes things a little bit.
2: it definitely does. And like, this is a film that even though we've discussed and we've talked about wanting to talk about, um, it's been on my brain for like the past decade because the first time I actually watched any of this film, um, the original version was back in college Mm. during one of our film study classes. Uh, Shout out to Derek showed some great movies in that class. (laughs) Appreciate you, brother. Um, But this one was on the brain specifically because we started this one and I got really into it. But because it's a little bit of a longer movie, it's like just around two hours and our classes were not that long. We only got to watch like 15 to 20 minutes per day. Um, I never actually got to finish this movie. We watched probably like half of this film over the course of that class and then we had to switch over movies so Mm -hmm. i just never finished it and then subsequently just throughout life never went back and like saw the ending i always thought to myself Damn, that was a good movie. I should finish that someday, <laughs> and that someday was about a couple days ago. So, oh
1: wow, okay, I didn't know that you had never finished it.
2: I had never finished it, so I'd never seen the second half of this film, and I think that's a travesty. Once we get into the full conversation about yeah. it, but um, it was wild to think like once I there was a certain point in the film where I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Had you seen, have you seen Let Me In?
2: Um, I have not seen it. Um, I did watch a breakdown for this of like what happens Mm -hmm. in it, but I had not seen it prior. I did know that it was an American version of this film though. Um, So I knew like what it was and the relationship, but I never actually went out of my way to watch it.
1: Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know how I didn't know that, but now that I know that. (laughs) i am excited i am excited to to um talk to you and see i would be interested to see what you thought this movie was gonna like how it was going to end Uh compared to how it actually ended Um, but before we get into that we do have to talk about our scare scale Mm -hmm. Uh, five is being the scariest this movie could possibly be one is it did not scare me at all i mean it's a one because Mm -hmm. it's not meant to be a scary movie This movie is much more of a kind of young romance drama that uses horror as a foundation and has elements of horror to move the story forward. And I think to kind of turn this sort of a story on its head. But that is not the focus of the story there is definitely horrifying things that happen but oh, yeah. i don't think any of it is scary or going to freak you out by any means i think especially because a lot of the horror comes from a protagonist and someone that we actually come to care about and so it's not like you're scared of them um so yeah there is some i mean, i guess perhaps real life horror Uh, with bullying and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. as far as a scary movie, this is not, this not them. It's, she's not, she's not that.
2: Nah, 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 nah. Honestly, I agree with you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, I'll give it a 1.2 only for the, uh, for the doc, or not the doctor. I'll give it a 1.2 for the dad falling out the window because, uh, mm. when he hits his head, that did shock me. <laughs> I was not ready for that. So I'll give it an yeah. extra 0. 0.2 for that. But yeah, it's not really like the the horror and the scary parts are there, but they're not, that's not the point. Um, mm-hmm. it, you're right. It's mostly just backdrop for what is. The main focus, which is our two characters and their relationship. But, alright homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, we are talking about Let the Right One In, from 2008. This film was directed by Thomas Alfredson... Written by John A. Lindowitz, uh, based on the novel of the same name, starring Kerr Hedenbrandt as Oscar and Lena
3: Leanderson as Ellie. Meet Oscar, a 12-year-old boy living in a small suburb in Sweden. Tormented by bullies at school, Oscar often spends time alone in the courtyard outside his home. One night, he meets Ellie, a young girl about his age, and they become close friends. But when a string of murders begin soon after Ellie's arrival, it is clear that something is off about Oscar's new neighbor. Insert Rubik's Cube romances, CGI cat attacks, and unsupervised swimming lessons here. Our film concludes with Ellie revealing that she is a vampire. Will Oscar leave her out of fear or is their friendship strong enough to survive the bloodbath? Also, squeal. Squeal like a pig. Roll credits.
1: I I think it's Eli. Think so? I think so because well, the Swedish pronounce the way that he pronounces it is Eli. But I think that's just because it's a Swedish pronunciation. But I think that it's Eli because the full name is Elias. Like from when.
2: Because it's supposed to be the girl or boy name.
1: Right. I will say one thing I do enjoy about this movie a lot Mm -hmm. is that we do get to see what happens when you let a vampire or when a vampire comes into your house uninvited.
2: Right. I absolutely love that scene because that is something that I did not know I was curious about until I saw it happening in real time.
1: Yes, because I am every time that that lore comes up as a thing that in a movie or a TV show, whatever, what have you. I think that that is something that most vampire movies or media does hold on to is this idea that a vampire can't get in except for Twilight. (laughs) Um, and maybe you know like more of the more modern like teen romance vampire stories don't necessarily hold on to that but most that are based in traditional vampire mythology I feel like they really stay close to holding on to some aspect of that of not being able to enter space without someone letting you in and in my head I'm very similar to Oscar, actually, in the sense of I always imagine that there is a force field there that they literally cannot penetrate unless you say, yeah, come on in. I always imagine there is this invisible wall, which he kind of makes a joke about. But that is the way that my brain conceptualizes that visually. No, same,
2: same. I thought they literally could not enter. I thought
1: they just hit a wall and they'd be like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then they wouldn't have to because they don't even really move they're just kind of chilling perched at the threshold um which is very polite i will say that that is a crazy thing to be It's cursed such a with.
2: weird rule but like it works i don't it like it
1: works but very polite very Vanuels polite very polite yeah very polite but we do get to see in this movie that that's not the case they can come in but it fucks them up. It kills them basically is because they're going against you. You didn't invite them in. They forced themselves in and it hurt. It physically hurts them to Mm -hmm. enter a space that they haven't been invited into. And so I imagine that it feels bad. Like as soon as you reach this place, like inherently you probably just start to feel Bad until they invite you in, and that's why you don't go any further. Because we see it with Virginia; she just knows not to enter that place. But I imagine she probably like didn't started to not feel good. Yeah, something closer she got. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that we finally get to conceptualize what that is actually like. Because yeah, I was always. I'm p- picturing some mime shit like, oh, there's a wall there. Like, that's how I always imagine. And honestly, that's probably still how I'm going to imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it in this movie.
2: Yeah, I love it. And plus, that scene, too, is like the effect of that is pretty jarring and kind of scary because. Yeah, Eli just suddenly is bleeding from every orifice and just, like, it is not pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can feel the pain of it. Like, it it looks like it hurts. I'm like, God damn, just just let her in.
1: Let her in, please. Oscar waits a little bit too long for my liking. Mm -hmm. Personally, Oscar was kind of taking his time. And I thought... You're a child, <laughs> so I'm gonna let that slide. But yeah,
2: he was a little thickish at the door this, too. Right?
1: I mean, to be fair, he yes. did find <laughs> out that his companion that he has been hanging out with has also been murdering people. Yeah. Um. So it was a little bit of a shock, but it's hard because you, I understand where Oscar is coming from. I understand why he's being a little spicy. A little petty, but at that point in time, you like Eli so much that it hurts <laughs> to, <laughs> and because because Oscar is now it, at this point in the movie, Oscar is the only person that they have, and so it's hard to watch Oscar be so rude. Yeah. But I get it. Like that's a murderer. Yeah. That's that, a that vampire is... and a murderer.
2: <laughs> yeah. Two very big red flags. Yeah. For real. Right. Like, she just looks so sad in that doorway. Oh, like, you just see, she's like,
1: come on. It's like, invite me in.
2: <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I thought we were friends.
1: And then hit he, when he's like, and he like.
2: I know. I think that's what that got me. That pissed
1: me out. That did <laughs> piss me out. For any, I mean, you guys can only hear it. But he does this thing where he like does that thing with your finger. We were like, come here. And, like, you point at someone and like pull them in. Mm-hmm. But he does it, and he clicks his tongue with it, and the condescending. It notion comes off of it,
3: so condescending.
1: And he does it like three times before finally, I get Eli's like, "I guess so," and. <laughs> but it's so rude. If mm-hmm. anybody ever did that to me in life, immediately, immediately, we're done. <laughs> I don't want to know you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to <laughs> breathe your air. You're pissing me off.
2: <laughs> yeah, now that got under my skin too. I was like, Ugh. So um, rude. <laughs> but all right. Condescending finger points aside, I'm very curious, Erica, what is in your notebook?
1: Actually, my first note is this kid is such a hater. Um, which <laughs> Wait, is, who, Oscar? <laughs> no, it's when Oscar is in school. And the teacher asks that question, which is a crazy question to ask a a classroom of children because there's murders that have been taking place within Mm -hmm. this town that it seems like that is not the norm. Like this violence that is occurring does not normally occur. And so it's kind of a big deal for everybody. But the teacher. Is basically reading this newspaper article about this person, this man who had been found in a burned down apartment and how the police had just ruled that it wasn't that it was murder and that he didn't die in the fire. And the teacher asks, how do they know? And Oscar says, oh, because like uh, they didn't find in or his lungs, there was no no smoke in smoke in his lungs, so he didn't breathe in the fire. And the teacher's like, yeah, but there's a kid that's sitting right in front of Oscar who whips their head around and is staring at him while he's answering. And the look on this kid's face, I'm like, that kid is a certified hater. He's looking (laughs) at him like, oh, you're so stupid. I can't believe you would answer this question. That's the way he's looking at him, which is in line with the film, because in the movie, which is different from the book in the book, Oscar does have a friend who is like a school a classmate in the movie he doesn't have any friends um Mm -hmm. and now there are people who don't bother him but there is a group of boys who do bully him very intensely um i don't think the kid that turns around is one of the bullies i think it was just a uh, an extra who was like living for their role (laughs) because i don't think he ends up being one of the bullies but he does look at oscar like oscar is the stupidest boy he's ever seen
2: despite having a very smart answer yeah
1: besides despite being the only kid who knew the actual answer
2: yeah which then leads the question of like oscar why do you know this answer you are 12 um but (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah oscar's school life is not great um Despite the fact that in this version he's a little bit of a loner, um, he does still have that group of bullies, which, for real, get a hobby, y'all. Like, go find something to do. It really reads like these three kids' only reason for showing up to this school is to bully Oscar, straight up. Yeah.
1: No, truly, that's all they do in their day. And, uh, like, I do think it's semi-real, like— not so much the those but i don't know what like like bullying at that time was like in sweden (laughs) i can't attest to it i've never (laughs) been there (laughs) but i will say i do feel like oscar being maybe the only kid who knows the answer and and maybe the kids thinking that he's a smart ass as an as a result i do think that that's realistic Mm -hmm. i do think that some of the things that the bullies do—I mean, people definitely do this shit—but these bully, these bullies are crazy. Like the things that they are able to get away with doing to Oscar is actually wild. Particularly the switch scene yeah. where they are whacking the shit out of him with um, a stick, mm-hmm. and they hit him on the legs a bunch of times, and then one of them hits him on the face. Which I don't think he was supposed to do. <laughs> like, I and I, I think he was just supposed to continue to hit Oscar, but he ends up slicing him across the cheek, and then the other kids are like, "Oh shit! What are we gonna say? He's yeah. gonna tell somebody." Which Oscar doesn't. Um, but no, these kids are menaces to Absolutely. society,
0: Absolutely.
1: and nobody is checking for these kids. Unfortunately, which I think is a big part though of Oscar and the interests that he takes up because he gets so fixated on revenge that he starts to get very interested in murder and violence because for him, that is the only way that he can get revenge is by being violent because that's what the bullies are doing to him. They're being violent. So Oscar wants to hurt them physically back. And so he starts to get really, really fixated on like murder and the idea of killing somebody because he would like to kill these kids.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. There is there is an unhinged rage that is definitely bubbling Mm -hmm. inside Oscar. Um, which I think is a very fun juxtaposition to the actual actor who's playing Oscar because he looks innocent like as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he the way that he plays it is very just like kind of timid and meek. Um, but then you see Oscar's interest and the fact that he is straight up going out to the courtyard almost every night fantasizing about killing his bullies. You yeah. can see that the rage is there um
1: he is very angelic looking he reminds me of the original actor from um willie wonka and the chocolate factory <laughs> who plays charlie like something golden about image? them is very like similar i'm like, like oh. you know that like thing that meme from the office where it's like this is the same picture that's how i feel about <laughs> about them
2: <laughs> for real though but yeah like so he's you know he he's going about his day but uh, of course these bullies are definitely getting under his skin Mm -hmm. um minor side note i absolutely hate the phrase squeal like a pig uh south park ruined that shit for me and i also just can't like it just feels like a very ugh just like yeah
1: have you seen deliverance
2: i don't think so because is that where it originates from is that Mm -hmm. the yeah
1: and it's worse
2: for it's fuck's sake and so, no, i have not seen Add it, it to the list. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but despite all of this like you know he's still trying to live his life of course he's got these this background shit happening for him but mm-hmm. you know he's still a 12 year old boy he's living with his mom his parents are separated um i i assume it's because so i think in the book his dad's an alcoholic like mm-hmm. they go more into that Um, But in the film, it's only kind of alluded to in like a brief moment about like the reason why his parents are separated. Because when we see Oscar with both of his parents, he seems like he has healthy relationships Mm -hmm. with both of them.
1: Yeah, we get because the first time we see him and his dad, it's a very, very nice visit. He has a great time. They have a lot of fun. And then the second time we see him and his dad. They are once again having a great time, having a lot of fun. And then one of his dad's friends come over. And from the minute he's there, the dad just drinks the rest of the night and doesn't pay any attention to Oscar, despite the fact that Oscar is still sitting at the table with them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is our first inference that, okay, The dad has some issues. And maybe wasn't totally prepared to be a parent and still isn't totally prepared to be a parent, which you can understand why the mom probably has full custody, because mm-hmm. I, you can Im- imagine that when Oscar's not there, his dad probably is just drinking all day long because his friend seemingly comes over often and like is yeah. surprised to see Oscar there when he shows up. That doesn't stop him.
0: Yeah, he says, like, hey, hey Oscar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he is surprised to see him there when he comes over. But I think that's what I like about this movie a lot too is, and that's something that is different in the remake, is the relationship that Oscar has with his mother in particular. Um I like that their relationship is good. I do think this is the type of story where it would be easy to say, oh, his relationship with everybody is so poor. And that's Mm -hmm. why this is happening. And that's why he searches for this relationship elsewhere. That's not really the case. I mean, he definitely does not have good relationships in every aspect of his life. But his home life is good. Him and his mom get along really well. Uh, She, you know, seems to have a strong relationship. They have a fun relationship. He enjoys being around her. And she's doing the best that she can as like a single mom trying to take care of him. But it's a nice relationship. It's a it's a good relationship to watch on screen, and you can tell that her and Oscar do get along. But I think that that almost makes the ending. To me, makes the ending really bittersweet because it's really nice. Obviously, you see this relationship between Oscar and and. Eli fl- like flourish throughout the movie and get better and better and better and you kind of do want to see them continue to have a relationship continue to be together in some capacity. And so when you see that that does happen, it's kind of nice, but I always think it's so sad because like he leaves his mom and she doesn't she's not going to know where he went or what happened to him. She's so worried about him the whole time with all the things happening with the murders. She's like really worried about him. And like, you can. That's probably gonna devastate her because like, they're all they have is the two of them. Like, that's who they have in the world. And so I always thought that that was really sad, just because of how nice their relationship is, and because of how much you can tell she cares about Oscar. I always imagine that that's like really gonna be like devastating. Oh yeah, to her, oh,
2: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because like, here's the thing: is like these characters are twelve, and yeah. like. <laughs> Uh, I I mean Eli, it's a little bit of a difference there, but we're playing them as twelve, right? Mm-hmm. And despite that, they still have there is a level of maturity that I think is brought to both of these roles from both Lena and Care, whose names I'm probably butchering because they're Swedish, and I apologize. But there's like between the filmmaking of the movie, the context of the things that are happening in the plot, it is very easy to forget that these characters are only 12 Mm -hmm. because like the thing they're dealing with some like adult level shit, Mm -hmm. but with like a childlike wonderment to it, you know, it's like, it's such a weird juxtaposition that I think works because it adds such a, like an innocence to their relationship because they're like, there's so much that they don't understand, but they're trying to, and like, they're trying to make this work in whatever way they can. Even when shit starts hitting the fan, they still are, like, trying to figure out a way to navigate still remaining friends and, mm-hmm. like, being together. Um, and so, like, again, it's easy to forget that these characters are very, very young and, like, don't really know what to do in some of these very intense situations. Right. Um, And, like, that that, I think, is one of the things that amplifies some of the sadness of some mm-hmm. of the things that happen, like, from... The ending of leaving his mom to even just, you know, El- or Eli losing their guardian. Right. Um, who we won't harp on too much the difference between the book and the movie, but I'm glad with <laughs> the choice that they made in the movie yeah. um works yeah. way better it's in my opinion. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. It's I I agree it's what I think also too is interesting about what they do with Eli or Ely. As you they say in the movie, is that you're right? Although we d- we never know exactly how many years, right? Probably like three hundred plus years, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we never get an exact amount. It's very much a oh how old? How old have you been? Twelve? To- a long time, I think mm-hmm. is what. Yeah, what they say. But although that is the case, it does still feel like they're trapped mentally at 12 too because i feel like sometimes when you get vampire movies where little kids are have been vampires it's be which i mean i get it. it you know if you've been alive for however many years then yeah you would probably still be wise and like your brain age would be different than your physical age however It seems like that's not really the case here. And I imagine that's because Eli passes as a child or is a child that still probably had a sheltered childlike life and was probably taken care of by many people Mm -hmm. because physically they are a child and yeah, so I feel like a lot of the ways that like their relationship plays out, it does still feel like mentally they're on the same level, mm-hmm. and I think the only thing that's really different about Eli is like there's a like a um, stoicism there. They're yeah. a little bit more like cold and reserved, and yeah, pessimistic a little bit, and just very calm and. But I think that that's just more because of the fact that they know that they are can do anything kind of Mm -hmm. more so than anything else. And I just also think that that's because it's not like they've been able to have like a regular childhood and play with kids and do all these things. It's been a very isolating life. So that's not necessarily weird. That's more just a symptom of a personality that they've acquired because of circumstance. But Yeah, mentally, it still feels like they are evenly matched, like Mm -hmm. they're both 12. It feels like that, which I think is really interesting because then it really does feel like a young, if you took away the vampire aspect, it does really feel like a young romance, you know, kid-like romance is blossoming between Mm -hmm. them. And like, it's almost the story of two just very sheltered kids finding each other in this world and and forming a relationship through that if you took away the fact that eli sometimes bites people's necks and drains all their blood out (laughs) (laughs) you forget about that aspect
2: If you just kind of put that to the wayside yeah um nah yeah i agree with you and like even their first interaction reads very much like playground meeting for the first Mm -hmm. time type shit uh because eli drops down and they're like Hey, we can't be friends. I know that I <laughs> dropped down on you, that you were out here doing something. Mm-hmm. But for the record, like, don't get, don't get attached because we're not going to be friends. Right. And Oscar replies with, a says I want to be friends? You don't, you don't know me. But despite that disclaimer, that of course, they immediately become friends because mm-hmm. why not? Um. And I really love the way that the progression of their relationship happens because it does feel like, at least for the first half of it, the timings feel right, where it's like they have the first interaction. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of just like a, you know, suss each other out sort of situation. Then their their second interaction, we have the whole Rubik's Cube thing, which I think is a very smart way to get Oscar attached to another character, because we've seen Oscar operate so much alone, very much loner energy. Mm. So the fact that Eli is able to solve this Rubik's Cube, something that Oscar apparently, it seems like, hasn't been able to do, that immediately excites Oscar. And now they want to know, how How did you do that? And they want to know more about Eli. And I think from there, it is a very natural progression to them becoming closer and becoming Mm -hmm. friends. Um, And that's the thing is like, although most like sources will um, call this a horror film, like again, like we said in the beginning, the horror is really a backdrop to the relationship between these two characters and how they grow. But that doesn't mean that we shy away from it because very quickly into the film, we get the kind of other side to Eli's situation where their guardian, who his, his name is, like, Hakan or something yeah. like that. I don't know how to actually pronounce it, but he's serving as the guardian, and one of the things that he has to do is he has to go out and get blood for Eli, because Eli, although they can go out and do it themselves, it's messier, and they're not as strategic about mm-hmm. it. Um, this is still... A real life place where if you murder people, there's going to be investigations. Right. There's going to be repercussions for doing that. Um, Eli is, uh, as we see in the film, is not great about covering their tracks. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least Hakan has some semblance of an idea of like how to how to be discreet about what he's doing. I say that tentatively because he does string oh up our gosh. first victim
0: <laughs> <He's laughs> to a tree. Mess.
2: Uh, to drain their blood, which I, you know, logistically I get, but I cannot say that you were not doing this.
1: <laughs> he is like, a mess
2: with with the smallest amount of subtlety possible. Like you are oh in the middle of a of a forest where anyone could roll up at any point. We can see cars in the background right. driving by and this man still is like oh and to hoist this body up
1: real quick it's, uh, aren't you embarrassed like <laughs> i just that so we don't learn a lot about him like you said we don't learn a lot about him and their relationship how they or at least how they came to be together that's mm-hmm. something that we never get to learn um within the film and so but i do think fairly quickly it does feel like the relationship they have is very much father-daughter. And so, yeah, he kind of takes it upon himself to go out and provide for her. Because like you said, yeah, it's Eli gets when... It it kind of reminds me like Little Nightmares a little bit. The like hunger pains Mm -hmm. that, that Eli gets and how once that happens, there's kind of no thought process on how I'm going to get fed. I'm just going to go find food, and yeah. we see that happen a few times in this movie. And it does kind of come back to bite Eli, but, uh. <laughs> um, but the I also imagine too that because it would be so recognizable that like oh that's a child that it's 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 better to kind of kind of con- try and conceal Eli as much as possible. Because that is the one defining feature that people who notice this happening do point out is I saw a child attack this person. That is so recognizable, and so I'm sure that's another factor where it's like, okay, well, I'll go out and you know do what needs to be done because I can maybe get away with. being a little bit like going a little bit more incognito than like a little kid walking around barefoot in the snow um but (laughs) he is not i don't know how long he has been doing this for but it he acts like it's the first day on the job he's just (laughs) cocked in fresh fresh off of the indeed site he said yeah i'll take (laughs) care of you and now he shows up he yeah murders this first guy like knocks him out gasses him up he has this whole like system. He has this whole case full of tools. So he's obviously done it enough time that he knows what he needs. Blah da 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 Strings this man up in the barest forest. This is not dense. <laughs> These trees are spaced out six feet apart. <laughs> no leaves. Very precautionary. Yeah, no leaves. Bare trees. <laughs> you can see the lights from the city through the trees. He has them strung up. Bleed in the neck whatever it's taken ages <laughs> this dog runs up
2: <laughs> ricky the vampire pool <laughs> runs up
1: and says what's going on over here and so the dog's owners are coming approaching we can hear them he can hear them he takes forever to like decide to run and leaves <laughs> the blood behind he had at least a little bit of blood that yeah he could have been like here this, just to hold you over leaves it behind takes everything else but leaves the bucket of blood and then so like obviously that person gets found that one is bad but it's like i get it maybe you were maybe things were getting a little dicey you had to give like food right away and you were a little frazzled i'll let that one slide the one with the kid at the school though
2: <laughs> That's so That's dumb.
1: crazy. He waits until basketball practice is over. First of all, he's standing in the window like he's Nosferatu, just watching them play basketball. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's so creepy. I so, wrote my notes. What a creep.
1: So weird. He's standing in full plain view of the window watching them. And mm-hmm. then as soon as the practice is over, he he goes and knocks the kid out and strings him up in the locker room. And the kid's friends are outside waiting for him to come out. And it's like, you're really stupid. You're really dumb. <laughs> like, why are you doing this?
2: Yeah, why, like, Especially, like, why would you pick a team sport activity to pull <laughs> somebody from? Yeah. As if they don't have comrades on their team who might question, yo, where did so-and-so go after practice? We're supposed to go right. hang out? Like... I don't know, pick chess club or some shit. Like, something something where the individuals will be individuals and not a group right. setting. Um, I hope for this point real quick. Mm-hmm. But I will, I'm going to be honest here. The fact that Hakan is kind of shitty at this whole murder thing, I actually like. Because I, I, I think it's a little bit more fun that way. Mm-hmm. That he he comes across more as just like a regular person thrust into this situation where he's like all right, this is my new normal. This is my life now. Um, but I think for, like, the average person, just regular human being, it's not easy to commit murder and just get away right. with it. So, like, every time he goes out to get Eli blood, it always feels like a risk, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Because you know that he's sloppy. You know that, like, he has a system, but that system is not the best, and he could fuck up at any moment. And it happens very quickly. Like, the his second outing we, that we see he fucks up to an insane degree, even to the point where, like, he knows that he fucked up. Like, the the moment when he's just sitting there with the kids strung up, both of his friends are on both entrances and exits being like, yo, where are you? The kid's waking up screaming. He didn't even kill the kid. off. The kid's still still alive. He's just like, man, I fucked up. And, like, that moment of realization, I think it hits better Because we see Mm -hmm. how kind of shitty he is at this whole job.
1: Right. Well, and I also think, too, for his character, that times are a little bit more stressful um, because it does feel like most of the time it is just the two of them. But now they've moved to this place where all of a sudden Eli is kind of going against the rules and hanging out with this boy all the time and, and talking in Morse code across the wall. And I that's very stressful for him. You can see that he really does not want them to have a relationship. And yeah. the fact that they continue to is upsetting to him. Also, he gets scolded when he shows up and he did not provide. That's his fault. And he feels bad about that. And because of that happening, that's the whole reason that Eli decides to go out and kill some random guy because Mm-mm. he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this stress kind of like mounts and mounts and mounts where he gets so desperate that he gets the sloppiest he's ever been just because he's like, I need to come through. Like I need to provide, I need to figure something out because I it also does, I'm sure hurt that, it doesn't feel like him and Eli really have a relationship once Oscar comes into the picture because Mm -hmm. they don't, it doesn't, they don't really talk or hang out or do, I don't know what they did before. I don't know if that was the case before. Maybe they would, you know, chit chat, play games. I don't know what they do. I don't know what you do when you have all that time. I really don't, (laughs) but that's not the case anymore. And so I almost wonder if it's like, okay, well, if I do this, maybe then like I can make Eli happy, you know, or I can, they'll be happy with me again and then blah 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 but we know that doesn't happen because like i said it's a big fail um and but he does decide in the moment that because he will be kind of tracked back to eli if they know who he is because people have seen people do know him as the guy who just moved in with his kid like people do recognize him as that guy and so although he tries to keep to himself it seems like the type of community where people kind of like to know each other um and so he does get recognized as that and he doesn't want the police to recognize him as that so he pours acid all over his face (laughs) to disfigure Mm -hmm. himself um so that it doesn't get tracked back and it works it yeah it works it's wild move it's the he comes through though he was like you know what we ain't gonna do that so he does um come through also i meant to er, uh, mention earlier popping up out of nowhere and telling someone like we can't be friends i don't know why that's such a boss move to me because <laughs> it feel- kind of like mysterious like mm, we can't be friends
2: right sorry it's like that Reverse psychology, straight up like, well, now we have to be friends. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to be your like, best friend. Fuck why you. would you
1: say that? It reminds me of, have you ever seen A Walk to Remember? Yeah. <laughs> when she's like, you can't fall in love with me. And then what does he do? He falls in love with her. Yeah. That's what, that's what uh, Eli said. You can't be friends with me. And then next thing you know, Oscar said, can you be, will you be my girlfriend?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Works 100% of the time, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty wild, but I I give it up to him for at least having that level of quick thinking to be like, all right, this is my last way that I can help them um, to cover our tracks. Now, granted, I, I haven't seen the, the newer one, but I have seen what the post acid looks like in the newer one. Mm-hmm. And although I still like the makeup effects in the original are great. And like, I love the way that his like half face looks. <laughs> um, however, I do think that the way it's presented, you could still Probably, if you were trying hard enough, kind of recognize this guy. Yeah. Whereas in the newer one, it is very clearly like you don't know who this person. Yeah. Like they burn their face all the way off. Well,
1: because it's like half of his face is still intact. Like yeah, which I I will say I hate to I hate to harp on um, continuity, but I will say doesn't quite make as much sense because when we see him pour the acid on, he goes across his face like Mm -hmm. across his forehead and it pours down so i don't understand why one half of his face looks fairly untouched and then the other half of his face is like completely burned off it still looks sick like it it looks cool Mm -hmm. um it's a great makeup effect however yeah it did confuse me when i saw him again i said how did you how did that happen um (laughs) but yeah it ends with basically the end of all this is to say that now eli is alone um Mm -hmm no guardian intact no person who's off to get blood and provide and so that is kind of a big deal like i said we don't know if that's ever happened before i'm sure it has but it does seem like from what we can gather from the film that eli likes to ride ride or die with somebody usually them dying obviously um but i will say i love this hospital scene um it's shot there's a lot of shots in this film where it's like a um a wide static shot where we're just kind of watching action happen but it's wide enough that you see other things happening um one of those one of my other favorites is the instance where eli attacks um the man from the pub Mm -hmm. and
2: the bridge shot
1: yes because it's like a wide shot where they're underneath a bridge but it's wide enough that you see kind of above the bridge, you see to the side. And so while this attack is happening, it feels like you can kind of, it just makes you understand that while this violence and all this stuff is happening, there's still a world occurring around you. There's still like people going about their regular day. This is just Mm -hmm. a moment in time within the rest of what's going on. It's the same thing with the hospital where like the nurse walks out and although our main focus is on the nurse cuz she's in the foreground the shot is wide enough that you just see Eli climbing up the hospital wall mm-hmm. to get to um the floor that he is that he's on like the 7th floor or whatever and that's it's just such a cool shot because it's just another one of those moments where it's like this small slice of regular life is occurring which is the nurse coming out to look for Eli whilst like Eli is being a vampire in the background and nobody notices it just because mm-hmm. nobody's paying attention to it. Yeah. I just I love-, love those shots. I think they're really cool. And like I said, I think it just adds to that feeling of the, this Eli be is a vampire and is doing all these things. But while that's happening, like life is still going on around that.
2: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and I mean, that sequence is great. Again, Hakan with the, or if I'm going to go out, at least have one last drink before I go. <laughs> yeah, Again, yeah. like in the end, at least this version that we get, we can see very clearly does care about the well-being of Eli and what's going to happen post him. Mm-hmm. However, he also understands like this is the end of the road. Like there ain't, there ain't no coming back from this. Um. But yeah, after that happens, it really does, I think, accelerate the relationship between between our two um because now i mean what's fun is kind of the duality of it right because on oscar's side we have this individual who has found this person that he actually really does like a lot Mm -hmm. and they're just about at that point in their friendship where he's starting to get some real feelings for eli and as a 12-year-old boy, is trying to figure out how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, he's getting a little bit sweet on them, as they say. Uh, however, on the flip side, uh, Eli has now lost all of their kind of security. Yeah. And now needs something or someone to kind of latch on to. And so... Although the bedroom sequence is weird to me, it's, it's just uncomfortable because they're 12. Yeah. It's still like, I still think it's a good scene because it's like two characters who are coming together in this moment from like wildly different moment mm-hmm. befores and watching them interact with each other, I think is really cool because of the way that it's written. The things that are being said like there's a lot of like subtlety in the writing that i really enjoy and like a lot of hints towards things mm-hmm. this film never feels like it needs to like punch you in the face with anything that it's trying to get across it's like either you pick it up or you don't um and i think you see a lot of that in this sequence where you know it's them really coming together and kind of like establishing this bond for the rest of the film where it's like all right it's it's me and you now right. like we're gonna figure this out mm-hmm.
1: and there's a lot of innocence still to it um yeah because although what they're doing feels mature in a way it's not the way that they're doing it is very childlike yeah this whole idea of like oh yeah i'm just gonna come in here and like oh is it okay if i lay down and um even just the way that they talk about things and the discussion that they have it still feels very much like a like kids yeah. Um, which is nice. That's the thing is it's like a lot of what they do, although it feels mature from the perspective that they have, it's not like it mm-hmm. it's 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 not a big deal, or it's like, oh, well, we should go steady. like, okay, well, what 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 do you do when you do that? Oh, I'm not, like you know, it's nothing different. <laughs> like just <laughs> like little things like that where there's an idea that they have of what things are. I think especially Oscar, just because he's very much operating on a more modern child perspective and he can see what happens in the world day to day in a way yeah. that Eli like, can't. But yeah, everything is still always do It feels like it comes from a place of innocence. Um, and so it it's like, <laughs> it's kind of, awkward to watch but at the same time it feels awkward because they're like you can tell that they also are just kind of like I don't know like this is what we do right like you should we're dating now (laughs) aren't we and so it is a it is a I agree with you though it is like a changing point for their relationship where it feels like it moves past what it was and like moves into another level yeah for both of them but also i think for both of them it's from like slightly different perspectives just because at this point in time oscar still doesn't know anything Mm -hmm. about what's going on yeah um, with eli
2: very quickly finds out soon after this Mm -hmm. because like honestly it it, after after hakan's death it things i think really start to spiral because one um, Eli gets a lot more brazen about the attacks just because they kind of have to out of necessity. But also, I got look, he's twelve, sure. Um, but come on, you got to have a better date idea than a blood pact like that. There just there has Love. to be so many other things you could have done before. Let's share some blood. Yeah, that was weird,
0: that-
1: particularly because. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what it is about these blood people used to love a blood pact. I feel like it's in so many movies where they're like <laughs> Let's do a blood pack. Never in my life when I was younger did I want to be swirling my blood with people. But it's a thing. And the thing about those, though, is you usually ask people first if they would like to do a blood pack before you slice your hand in half and just hold it up and say, yeah, here we go. Because that's what Oscar doesn't ask. Would you like to do a blood pact? Like Eli's over there just dancing, having a good time. And then Oscar just slices all the way up his hand and holds it up it's like dripping blood and has the nerve to be like it doesn't hurt it's just a little prick like if you don't get out of here with that knife and like is coming all coming up to eli who is clearly uncomfortable with the situation for different reasons but Mm. ask hey pro tip homies ask someone if they want to do a blood pack before you start slicing (laughs) because it's a crazy thing to just be like we're doing this Um, also, I guess this kind of leans into I want to talk about Eli a little bit and just them as a vampire, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because this is the first time that we really get to see kind of what they are when that bloodlust comes over, Mm -hmm. we get old face.
2: A little bit, yeah. A little
1: bit of old faith. that did kind of shake me. I'm not and gonna lie. And some voice,
2: voice modulation too, like. which
1: I didn't know that they dubbed over the actress who plays Eli. I, that's not her voice.
2: Mm, yeah. That I saw I didn't that, know that too. I I didn't know that either, but. Apparently, her voice was a little too sweet and innocent. They needed something a little bit deeper.
1: Right. Because Eli is meant to be androgynous. Um, Very much um, meant to have that look, which the actress did, but also that sound. So, yeah, they overdubbed, which you would not be able to tell at all. It's pretty freaking seamless, in my opinion. I had not a clue. Um, But... Something that is so interesting, I think, too, about being a vampire in this movie is people don't want to (laughs) be like, I mean, that's fair, but Mm -hmm. you see it a lot where even with like Hakan, as soon as he gets bit, he would rather just die than turn into a vampire. And then Virginia also like it seems awful. It seems horrible. And Eli has had to live with this for live No, know whatever whatever (laughs) it's going on in there um with this for hundreds of years and it seems really really rough and tough like watching Virginia go through this process of being coming a vampire even just as an adult horrifying it it seems horrible
2: you know what was the most horrifying part of that the cat attack
1: the cat attack is crazy
2: (laughs) that shit was wild to me the
1: CGI cats are crazy
2: that I mean, for comedic reasons, my favorite part of the film just because it just <laughs> looks crazy, if nothing else. Go check out the yeah. cat attack scene because that shit is wild.
1: It um, it, it does look wild,
2: <laughs> but yeah, no nah, the the process seems awful. It does not seem like a very appealing thing to be a vampire in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sidebar: I think uh, Lif Selen. I'm I know I'm butchering <laughs> that name, but um, that's who dubbed over. Uh, lena's voice mm-hmm. for the film but yeah every transformation that we see goes badly in this movie mm-hmm. like being a vampire is apparently not the move in this yeah. universe um and eli has just been i guess
1: powering lucky. powering through i mm-hmm. guess yeah that shit looks like it's for the birds it really does i mean it always i in uh, vampirism is a curse it's always been True. but in this movie it's particular it just looks really rough and i think this is a movie where normally someone would change and maybe they would then become a part of it but Mm -hmm. people don't want to be part of this shit in this movie they said you know what blow me up because open the windows (laughs) please set me on fire which is also a great scene
2: amazing scene yeah amazing
1: um so cool
2: yeah i I I love that sequence but um in so I guess in relation to Eli, like we have all these things happening with Eli after their guardian's death, where it's just like people are starting to catch winds. Mm-hmm. Now there's a child that has attacked people that now that's what people are looking for, as you were mentioning earlier. Um, so Eli is dealing with a lot of shit in terms of just trying to not get caught mm-hmm. where Oscar's story is still moving forward. But unfortunately, it's a lot of it's in relationship with these bullies. Um, cause that's like his main yeah. conflict before he finds out about the vampirism, uh, so he's still dealing with these bullies who have absolutely nothing better to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so in confiding with his new friend, he talks about these bullies and he gets some great advice of like, you got to fight back and you got to fight back more than you would want to fight back. You got to really mm-hmm. hurt these people. Um, which at the core I, I hear the good advice that is you know stand up for yourself. I hear it, um, but I feel like Oscar is very much or is very much aloof to the like bloodlust side yeah. of the of the suggestion because like it's a good suggestion, but like then I feel like Eli takes it one step extra of like no no no, really freaking yeah. hurt them so they never do it again. Um, but you know what Oscar takes it to heart and so mm-hmm. like they go out into like a as. A field trip or some shit. They're, they're skating out on the. Yeah, on field the trip ice. to the
1: tundra. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: hey, I would not be upset if my school was like, all right, we're going to go, or we're all going to go out ice skating. Like, I'm not going to complain. It just looks um,
1: so cold. <laughs> it's
2: so freaking cold. <laughs> um, but during that sequence, he does stand up to the bullies, whacks one of them in the ear so hard that it like splits or it's mm-hmm. just gushing blood. Um, they basically lose that ear after that whack. Uh, yeah. So
1: pack it in <laughs> you might as well pack it up
2: <laughs> yeah all them workout sessions after school apparently paying off mm-hmm. for for oscar um, but in that same sequence so he you know he hits the bully back the bully gets very injured but then you know simultaneously they find the body of the guy from the bar so like these they're both of their storylines are really happening in tandem which i do think is mm-hmm. fun like bouncing between the two doesn't feel like a slog it just feels like we're getting information from both yeah. Kind of plot lines. Um, but we do start getting the hints of what's going to come in our last sequence because after he stands up to the bully, lo and behold, the bully has an older sibling hmm. who gets kind of introduced earlier on just as like a like, hey, this person exists. Mm-hmm. And then they will play a very pivotal role in this ending sequence when they come seeking revenge on Oscar. And I, it's just it's one of the things that I do really, really love about this film is like the sequencing of events. I think is just really, really good. Like it, the way it moves from one thing to another, the way that it introduces these little slice of life, slice of of life moments in between kind of these horrific things that are happening to some of these characters. I think it's done very well. And so by the time we get to the pool sequence at the end, it does feel like everything did lead up to this moment. And it feels like when we get here, this is just a confrontation that we knew was going to happen for like the past, however, like half this film, but we were just kind of sitting there waiting for it to happen.
1: No, definitely. Yeah. It's all been leading up to their lives finally fully converging, but with Eli coming into Oscars world, for once because this has never happened not in, mm-hmm. not to this degree we see them earlier they go out and get some candy that makes eli sick <laughs> i <laughs> the, love that
2: sequence <laughs> because and that's it.
1: another thing up <laughs> in this universe vampires can only eat blood
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen that in a couple things. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite is, it's a similar sort of situation from the TV show version of what we do in The Shadows. Uh, one of the characters just really wants to taste pizza for the first time. Mm-hmm. And similar sequence where it's like, eh, fuck it, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. Immediate cut to just vomiting profusely yeah. behind the building. Uh, I, I, I just find that shit very funny. But like, in this context, it's kind of sweet because it's like, Eli knows what's going to happen yeah. if they have this candy. Like, they know. Oh, but they yeah. like Oscars. So they're, they're like, no, it's okay. Maybe this time it'll be all right. I'll try it. Fuck it. I know I've been doing this for 200 years, but why not? Mm. It'll be okay this time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing about it, their relationship is I do think that Eli wants so badly for Oscar to want to be their friend or to like them that even though what they're going to do is going to hurt them because it would make oscar happy then let's try it like that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of eli does is because it'll make oscar happy then yeah okay i'll try the candy yeah i'll walk into your apartment yeah i'll do this but the outcome is still going to be the same but it's just like for you I will. I I will do this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, which is you know it's also sweet, and that's not to say that Oscar doesn't also do things for Eli because he definitely does. But we just know that the things that Eli is doing are possibly life threatening because of being a vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's you finally get to see like their worlds converge because something that they just like cover too is we're different but are we that different because eli is someone who has to kill to survive doesn't want to but has to and does not seem to enjoy it but like i said gets in these bloodlust moments where it doesn't even seem like there's any no thoughts head empty because i feel like we see that with virginia when (laughs) um when, when that guy kicks Eli off of Virginia, it feels like there's this like clarity moment where like Eli doesn't even really know what just happened in a yeah. way and then just runs away. And so killing is a necessity, not a want. And then for Oscar, Oscar is interested in killing and wants to hurt people, but, doesn't do it but mm-hmm. has an interest in it i don't think it's like he's a serial killer or anything but more so that he would if he could hurt someone he would because or at least people who have wronged him he yeah. very much wants to get some kind of come up against comeuppance against them and violence is kind of what he's interested in for that and so and eli even says like is that so different that we are like looking at looking at it From different perspectives but they cross like Mm -hmm. those two things intersect yeah and so it is yeah we finally get to the end where the violence that oscar has always wanted to inflict on these people is being brought out it's it's being it's happening we're doing Mm -hmm. it it's happening through eli but it's happening and then after that moment it's like then they go off into the sunset together <laughs> So walk they walk st- through the strewn about <laughs> like parts of their classmates to ride off together mm-hmm. but maybe this is a partnership that could work because yeah it's scary and oscar is scared of what is happening but obviously the violence isn't too much now granted sometimes i do wonder about this ending because Like I said, Oscar is a child, and so, like, how much of Oscar really wants to go, and, like, how much of it is just that, okay, yeah, I'll do this, because, you know, why not? Like, Yeah. But, I mean, he seems content enough on the train. He's kind of chilling, like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like. Kind uh, of just that post-murder clarity, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't
1: know.
2: I I would love to know what happened like immediately after the pool sequence because there obviously is a massacre in this yeah. swimming pool. And, you know, like, Oscar was present there. So, like, I have to imagine at some point authorities were going to be knocking at his door. Um, but going back just a little bit, As somebody who had not seen the second half of this film... Right. um, The pool sequence is why I was mad that it took me this long to finish it. Because there's every once in a while, a sequence in a film just gets me. Mm -hmm. And the pool sequence got me with that. Like, I was not prepared for it. I did not know that it was coming. And boy, when that scene hit, it fucking hit. Mm -hmm. Like, I for me 10 out of freaking 10 for the whole yeah. sequence just the way it plays out from beginning to end is freaking fabulous mm-hmm. um just that shot of his head being dunked under the water with the legs coming through like behind him and then the hand eventually like relaxing and just falling down because it's severed from the body just that whole sequence to me was freaking mm-hmm. phenomenal and like that is one of those scenes that you know you're just like that's burned in my brain for life like i'm not gonna forget that one that that's really how that pool sequence felt for me it's a beautiful Um,
1: it's like beautifully shot despite the horrific things that are happening. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. It's so good. Even like the sound design of mm-hmm. like, you can't really hear it because you're underwater. Like there's just so much attention to detail that I do think blankets the whole movie. Like this whole movie is freaking beautiful. It's yeah. a, it's a wonder to look at all of these wide shots, all of these, um, you know, inserts and specific things. It does feel like every sequence serves a purpose to tell more of the story. Mm-hmm. And I really, really do enjoy that. Um, but I just feel like it all came to a big, yeah. big uh, to a big conclusion yeah. here at the end. Well,
1: and also plays into is that Oscar never really sees Eli's violence. It He's always adjacent to it, but mm-hmm. he never explicitly just stands there and watches it. Um, it happens earlier when, he, um,
2: the boyfriend guy.
1: Yeah. When the boyfriend comes in to murder Eli and then they end up getting into that little fight in the bathroom even then it's like oscar walks away they also have a bloody kiss i said y'all could kiss time in this movie you wait until his blood is all over her mouth that's crazy um that but
0: was
2: so wild to me that's
1: crazy <laughs> truly um but in then even with this it's like eli does not see what i mean i'm sorry oscar doesn't see what eli is doing but when he comes up he'll see the after yeah. but he doesn't see what Actually happened. No, so there's but he also always, doesn't
2: care though. That's right. the thing.
1: And, but there's always like an adjacent, like Oscar is never f- like watching Eli be violent. But I also feel like that's just one of those things where for us, I think exp- as viewers, I think having implied violence for that character is better because A, we can just imagine the true strength of Eli. We can, you know, imagine everything that all of their abilities on our own. But Mm -hmm. I also think too, it does kind of keep that childlike relationship between them because it's like Oscar knows that Eli is violent and knows that these things are happening. But it's still almost like preserves him in a way to not actually see it happening you have to wonder if in the future of their relationship if oscar will ever end up helming the i'll kill for you kind mm-hmm. of a guys. but for now i feel like it's not i feel like eli is probably going to take the reins for mm-hmm. a while and oscar will maybe just be helping her but yeah. i don't know i just feel like by having him offset from the violence a little bit it kind of keeps their relationship still very like childlike to me just because he never sees it completely but Mm -hmm. knows it's happening but is okay with it i mean and i think that there's a lot about their relationship you know that oscar just they have such a connection that oscar doesn't care uh, about the violence and it also happens to you know this movie is on a lot of like um lists for like horror for pride month and like lgbt plus like horror because of eli because eli multiple times throughout the movie oscar will be like do you want to be my girlfriend blah 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 and then eli's like well i'm not a girl or like would you still like me if i wasn't a girl it's implied in the movie but more in depth in the book but in the movie we just really get like glimpses of eli's past which is that Eli is a boy who is castrated, but is androgynous enough that it seems like it was probably safer to go through life presenting as a girl. And I also imagine, too, like for killing purposes, Mm -hmm. maybe that would be a little bit easier. Innocence, like you have to play the innocence card. Like, I'm a scared little girl, help me
2: yeah just kidding
1: Ah! (laughs) i feel like you have to play into that a little bit
2: absolutely i one of the things that this movie made me think about is the fact that like there are definitely cons to being a vampire child or like a childlike vampire i don't Mm -hmm. know which version of that it is but there are some pros in that sense of like some level of killing must be easier just because you always have the element of surprise nobody's looking out for you to be a vampire um so there's that. Mm-hmm. But you you bring up one last thing that I did want to ask you about because I saw this in just um in passing, kind of doing some research for this, this idea or notion that what is happening between Eli and Oscar could potentially be like maybe Eli's MO of like attaching mm-hmm. themselves to someone while they're younger, while they're around their presented age. Yeah. So that they have a lifelong companion to help them do what they have to do as a vampire and i wonder do you subscribe to that idea do you think that there is some level of like prepping oscar to be the next hakan or something like that
1: i mean maybe to me it just feels i guess there is a possibility because i mean unless oscar does become a vampire he will get older and eventually become guardian-esque i suppose Mm -hmm. but i don't know i just i like to imagine that this is just something that is different and that like it just happened that she met somebody who was her age and all this stuff happened and then because it's like the hakan that wasn't supposed to happen Mm -hmm. like by all regards he would have kept being her guardian maybe they would have moved Maybe they would have left Oscar behind. Maybe none of that would have happened. You know, like maybe they never would have even stayed together in some way. I just feel. And so there is a possibility that that is what could happen. But it also feels like to me, the relationship that they do form does feel romantic in a way. That I don't necessarily know that like that's the case that Eli has with everyone is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to form this romantic relationship, Uh, especially in the movie. Now, in the book, (laughs) it's a little bit different, but in this movie, it doesn't feel like that is something that Eli is used to. So I don't know. To me, it seems different. And Mm -hmm. uh, what am I basing that on though, right? Like I'm saying it's (laughs) different, like I've seen any of the other things, (laughs) but I like to believe that this is just a total relationship that formed through circumstance, but is so strong that it's become more than that. And both of them kind of would rather just be together than, you know, be apart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But who knows? I could definitely see that viewpoint, though, because like I said, if Oscar doesn't become a vampire, that is the path it will be. Is yeah. Eventually, Oscar will just kind of be a guardian.
2: Yeah. So it, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I agree with you. But that was something that got brought up that I was like, huh, I didn't think about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting viewpoint to uh, slap onto this movie. But yeah, I mean, overall, We get the ending that we get. They're on the Mm -hmm. train. We get a little bit of a callback to, like, them learning Morse code with each other, which I do think is kind of cute. And, yeah, going off to live their 12-year-old individual lives, I guess. Somewhere. Somewhere doing something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Probably killing more people. but
1: Yeah. But it's, it's a great, I mean, like I said, it's a bittersweet ending, but but it is a really good ending. I think it's the ending that makes the most sense is Mm -hmm. the two of them ending up together. Um, Yeah. And kind of going off of what I said about like Eli's identity and their relationship, I do just want to say, also the the writer of the novel did the screenplay for this. So I feel like had a lot of kind of input and say into how some things were handled i do think that i do like the way their relationship is handled specifically around eli's identity and the way that it is kind of like oscar does not none of that is important to oscar but eli is important to oscar and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the way that's what is the most important factor of their relationship and that's the thing that they focus on yeah. And like I, I really, even though the conversations they have about it are pretty quick and pretty small, it also feels like I said very like childlike, and that's why I also feel like it doesn't happen often for Eli just because of the way that they're kind of nervous about pr- approaching the situation and the conversation. Um, I still feel like it's handled very well, and like feels very realistic to me mm-hmm. in regards to their situation. So yeah, I really like it. I really will say, I mean, if you've gotten this far, you've probably seen this movie already. Um, it's definitely the type of movie that is a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, very much a just kind of watching a crazy thing play out within the world and like but it's almost like a slice of life movie in a way, so not for everybody, but
2: Yeah. Very good. And it is, again, I said it earlier, but it's around like two-ish hours. So it is a yeah. little bit on the longer side mm-hmm. to just know that. But it's one of those ones where it doesn't, like, it fills the time mm-hmm. well. And, like, I don't mind it. Like, everything mm-hmm. that's included, I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm cool with this. This is fun.
1: Same. Uh, I'm trying to think of what we can rate this out of.
2: Yeah, same. One the of first my thing that comes was- to my head is oh, Bloody Kisses oh. is the first Bloody thing that I kisses, thought
1: of. I thought of Killer cats.
2: Killer Cats. Ooh. I I mean I really like Killer Cats. I <laughs> part of me is really holding for us needing that for something else something though cuz I think yeah. that, that's a very fun one mm-hmm. that I want to be very very cat related yeah. if we're going to use. It.
1: <laughs> that's fair.
2: Um, um I think I think I'd be good with either like a middle ground of like CGI cats mm, or or Bloody Kisses, one of those two.
1: Let's do let's do cgi cats
2: cgi cats because yeah.
1: weirdly enough i also feel like we might use bloody kisses again
2: <laughs> true <laughs> i don't true. think
1: this will be the last time <laughs> <laughs>
2: um all right so would you like to go first
1: sure i am going to give let the right one in 4.8 cgi cats nice. um fantastic film uh Beautiful storytelling, beautiful acting, beautiful shots. I think that it is a very different and captivating take on a vampire story from a lens that we don't always get to see. I enjoy following Oscar and kind of the life and the situations that he's going through and how that intertwines with with Eli and how the two of them kind of come together despite having very different situations going on. Um. It is a long movie. It is a slow movie, um, not in a bad way by any means at all. And also, obviously, it's a foreign film, so you'll definitely want to be paying attention um, to catch everything. But I do think that there's a lot here to like and there's a lot here to be like drawn in by. And it's also kind of fun to make your own assumptions because some things are a little bit more pulled back or like nuanced in the film. I would be interested to read the book, honestly, um, but it's not, like, my favorite movie or, uh, like, perfect movie for me. And I don't know exactly why it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a 5 out of 5 for me. But it's very close. Like, 4.8 to me feels right for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, 4.8 CGI cats.
2: That's fair. Uh, for me, now completing the film, uh, I think it does a 5 out of 5 CGI cats for me. Okay. Uh, mostly because mostly because of our metric of like, I just don't know what I would change. Like everything in here fits what I need it to fit. Again, like I said earlier, everything seems to add on to the story. Mm -hmm. I agree with you in that I think this is a very interesting take on the vampire genre. It still maintains a lot of the same tropes that I think we're used to when it comes to vampires, Mm -hmm. but being told through this lens of these two young kids, um, I think adds a different layer to it. Uh, there's a just, there's a breath of innocence that is, br- that is breathed into this that I do enjoy. And it's just fun to watch these characters navigate this kind of shitty situation, but also it's nice to see these two people who seem to not have anyone close find that close person for mm-hmm. each other, um there is some beautiful duality between that and all the bloodshed and i think for that i gotta give this one five out of five cgi cats also just because it's freaking beautiful this movie just looks so gorgeous so Mm -hmm. pretty it's it's so nice
1: yeah all right well great i would love to hear what you guys think of let the right one in um You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always slide into the Discord to talk to us a little bit more in depth. Discord is where we hang out with the homies 24-7. So if you'd like to come through and say what's up, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. You can also email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out means it's monday means we're on twitch twitch is where i play spooky games hang out with the homies drink laugh etc cetera, etc cetera. scream of course no doubt um but if you guys would also like to come through there and say hello we would love to see you perhaps we'll be talking about let me in a little bit i don't know maybe thinking about <laughs> it um and also If you have not done so, we would love for you to leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you're thinking. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done so, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, just hit the stars underneath our name to rate us. But thank you, homies, so much for hanging out with us again today. We are so excited for the future and all the movies we're going to be covering. Um, And we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week.
2: Catch next time, homies.
1: Bye.